Hi ladies, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com and today I want to talk about something that is super important if you're a pregnant mama, especially if you're a first-time pregnant mama or if you had a slower labor before or if you're like me when I was pregnant with my third baby and I was certain that labor was going to take absolutely forever even though there was really no basis for that. It was just this weird fear that I had crop up. So I respect that any mama at any point on the continuum can end up with this concern, which is that labor might slow down or stall. A stall labor is one of the biggest worries that most moms have because what happens if your labor stalls? If you're at home and have planned a home birth or at a birth center and your labor stalls, what happens? What does that mean? It means that you're probably going to have to transfer to the hospital and get Pitocin and then you may end up with an epidural or it means that things may just not go at all and you may end up with a cesarean section. And if you're birthing at the hospital, it's really quite similar. You're already at the hospital, but if you've chosen to have a natural birth, which if you're listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, you might be because my website is about natural pregnancy and birth. The it's full of tips that will help you no matter how or where you're planning to give birth. But most of us want to have as natural a birth as possible and be as free as of intervention as possible because it has so many benefits for the mother, for the baby, um, so many benefits for bonding, for breastfeeding, just keeping labor and birth as natural as possible. It enhances safety for mother and baby because when natural birth hormones are very high, that creates a safety net for mother and baby. The uterus works more effectively. There's less chance of postpartum hemorrhage and all of that sort of thing. So keeping labor moving um, or keeping labor natural is really beneficial to mother and baby. And we know that if labor stalls, the chance of things going naturally are lesser because most moms know that they can handle, and I do have some moms who go through mama baby birthing um, and who tell me that, you know, they're really heroic, these heroic women who have an induction or something with Pitocin, and they still manage to go through naturally. But for the most part, when you need help because your labor, um, you know, because your labor has stalled. It means labor augmentation, which is Pitocin in the United States. In other countries, it's sometimes called Syntocinon or another brand name. And what it is is synthetic oxytocin. And synthetic oxytocin, um, it, it has a similar effect to oxytocin in that it stimulates contractions in your uterus. But it's not the same as oxytocin. For example, its effects are much stronger. So the contractions are much stronger. They're more stressful for the baby and they're more stressful for you. They're harder. And whereas I would describe a natural birth as very intense, but I don't necessarily always use the word pain, and induced labor may be downright painful. One of the reasons for that is that a difference between natural oxytocin and synthetic oxytocin is that synthetic oxytocin does not cross the blood-brain barrier. Natural oxytocin does, and when it does, it has a pain-relieving effect. So while oxytocin is stimulating the uterus to contract and helping all of that other good stuff, oxytocin is also a bonding hormone, so it's really important. So it's helping all of those good effects happen. It's also... Um, producing pain relieving effects 
in the brain of the mama who's giving birth, which is a good thing when you're giving birth naturally. So it, it's just, a, it's really quite multifaceted and beautiful hormone. In fact, one of the founders of my midwifery school um, and one of the teachers who are, you know, they've been best buddies for decades and they went and got oxytocin tattoos. So they have like the chemical diagram. Like if you were to draw out oxytocin as one of those chemical diagrams, they have that tattooed on their forearms, which I just think is hilarious. These two um, elder midwives running around, uh, you know, with oxytocin tattoos on their forearms. But anyways, so it's just, it is really amazing. But the synthetic oxytocin, it's synthetic. It just, it doesn't have quite that holistic synergy to it. And many moms want to avoid that. So we know if labor quote unquote stalls or stops, that it's much more likely that you're going to need interventions. And then if you're in a place where you get the synthetic oxytocin, pitocin, pitocin, syntocin on, and it doesn't work, and things are really stalled, the baby is really quote-unquote stuck, then what are you going to do? Your option is a cesarean section. Now, there are times when a cesarean section is needed. This is something that I was talking about in a recent article, is that, you know, even if we looked at a, at a world that was a perfect world, so to speak, which I believe would be most women birthing at home, we would still see some women who needed to transfer to the hospital because that's just normal, a small percentage of women. And so that's why even if we were to look at a situation of integrated care where most women were birthing at home, you need a strong um, you need a strong system of communication and a strong system of working together between, say, the home birth team and the hospital team because some women are going to need help to birth. And that could be you. It could have been me in one of my births that just... There are different factors, though I do believe there are many things you can do to greatly increase your chances of birthing naturally, but some women will need help. Um, and so some women will even need a surgical birth. They'll need to birth via cesarean section, and that's okay. But what we want to avoid is unnecessary cesareans. And a lot of quote-unquote failure to progress or stalled labor or the baby got stuck, cesareans aren't actually that. They're actually... The baby could have been born naturally. And I feel like if you have that in your past where you're wondering about that, did I have an unnecessary cesarean? Then doing a little bit of soul searching and exploration, especially if you're pregnant with another baby, can be really helpful to you. But then at some point you make peace with that and you and your baby find healing. Um, in one of the podcast episodes that I did in the last couple of weeks, I talked about the session with Karen Strange that I did. Uh, and, and, and she does a good job kind of talking about healing this trauma. That was in the 2020 Natural Birth and Baby Care or Natural Birth and Baby Summit. If you're listening to this in the future, it was Karen's talk in the 2020 Summit. And I can put a link in the show notes. Um, and I think I also have it at birthbabylife.com slash summit so that you can go check out those recordings if you're interested. But she talks about that healing. Um, and then, then Karen, there's two Karens, and they both actually talk about kind of processing your birth experience and finding some of that healing. So those sessions could both be helpful to you. And I think that can be important to do that. And then to be able to get to the place where you find that healing and that contentment and can move forward and look at, you know, I've made peace with what happened in the past, but I still want to be proactive about what happens in the future. And that's where this kind of thing comes in. So before I get into some strategies for how to keep labor moving along, 
without having to rely on these things that may increase the chances of intervention and decrease the chances of a natural or vaginal birth, I want to talk about, I want to take a quick side trip, I guess. Because I believe this is something, I've had eight babies, and this is something that I feel like changed somewhat between my first few babies and then my last babies that I had. And that was being comfortable with the fact that labor is meant to be intense. And I love, a lot of people think that the language in spiritual midwifery is really dated. It came from the beginning of the resurgence of the midwifery movement in the United States. So, and it happened with hippies on a hippie commune. So you see a lot of hippie language in the book. But really, I've treasured that book through every one of my pregnancies. I have my favorite birth stories dog-eared, and I've literally read them through eight pregnancies at this point. Um, but I like one of the things that's talked about in there. Ina Mae Gaskin is the author. Again, I'll put this in the show notes. But one of the things that's talked about is kind of being open to your birthing time beginning and being open to the intensity. And the phrase that's used, and again, this is kind of a hippie phrase, but but I've adopted it as my own for sure, is I want it to get heavy. And what that means is I'm ready. I'm ready to step into this place of being this incredible, amazing birthing woman and all of this incredible, amazing birthing energy is moving through my body and my incredible baby is working and I'm working and we're just we're just going to get down to it and we're going to do this thing. You know, that's the, that's where you're at. We're going to do this thing. Let's And I guess maybe a little bit more modern thing, at least as I'm recording this podcast, would be, come on, bring it on, bring it on, you know, let's just do this. And it's that attitude of being comfortable with the intensity and getting right into the intensity. Um, Because, you know, I feel like when we're looking at this sort of thing, um, you know, labor can be intimidating, especially if you're a first time mom. And that's why I said this is something that I didn't come to with my first few babies. You know, when labor was coming on, I knew it was coming on. But with my later babies, it was like, you know, as soon as I knew that this was it, it was like, and it doesn't necessarily mean doing anything. It's more of a mental thing, I think, and just an emotional thing, a place of surrender almost, which can be scary with birthing, especially if you've got abuse in your past or something like that. So I think it's you know, pregnancy is a spiritual, emotional, personal growth journey. And I think it should be respected as such. But it's it's getting to that place almost of surrender and saying, I am ready for this to come on. And I think that just that, that getting to that mental and emotional and even spiritual place, if that resonates with you, is part of what's really important for letting labor kind of just really set in and get going and move from that kind of passive phase, which today we know in the past that was from like one to four centimeters, but today we actually know that it's really probably from about one to six. So that passive phase we know is longer. And this is something that you should know too if you're getting told your labor quote unquote isn't progressing or is stalled. If you haven't gotten to six centimeters yet, well, it may possibly still be poking along because you're still really in that passive phase. Um, And then once you hit six centimeters, then it's really getting, you know, things are active and it's really moving into things. But again, you know, when you're in that passive phase, it's just getting to that mental place of saying, I'm ready for this to happen. I'm ready for this to come on, um, this power to come into me and to move through me and to bring my baby with it, which is really cool. So anyways, 
A smooth labor starts with planning for it. So I mentioned oxytocin already. Labor hormones are really important. You want your labor hormones to be at high levels because that's what keeps things moving along. And the way that we get labor hormones at high levels is, of course, all of the things that I typically tell my birthing class students, and if you've read any articles on natural birth and baby care, this sort of thing comes up a lot. Be well nourished. Move a lot throughout your pregnancy. Walk daily. Move throughout your day. Different movements just so that your body is ready for birthing, which is an athletic thing, and so that you and your baby are well-nourished. So you've got a fully expanded blood supply. Your uterus is strong and healthy and well-nourished. Your baby's got a good chunky placenta, and your baby, um, him or herself, is good and healthy. These are all things that you want to be looking at. And the pre-pregnancy time. And then go through your childbirth classes and that sort of thing. I teach mama baby birthing classes. It's my online childbirth course that you can check out if you're interested in it. I do a weekly Q&A call live to answer all of your questions. So I definitely believe in being prepared for natural birth. But also, you know, part of this is being prepared in the moment or as labor begins. And that's, you know, making sure that those hormones are doing what they need to do to help your labor get going. And again, this is from that one to six centimeter-ish kind of time, that passive time, that you're doing things that help encourage that. And that means that you're well-rested, you're well-nourished, so you may not be eating full-course meals when you're in labor, but nibble on things here and there. Keep your energy up. Even if you've been keeping it lower-carb across pregnancy, this is definitely time to make sure that you've got some energy foods on hand. Um, Resting, walking, taking it easy, enjoying yourself, relaxing, even perhaps pampering, that's a good time to do those things, especially when you're at that point where it's before you really have to stop with your contractions. But even if you're at the point where you have to stop, but then you can jump back into normal life. Again, honor that need for rest and sleep and that sort of thing. And then the other thing that's really important is feeling safe, which is why I recommend that you wait to go to the hospital or even the birth center if you're planning to do that or don't call your birth team in too early because you want things to be well established and feeling safe and secure and confident is a good thing. Lower lights, music that you like, smells that are normal smells for you, feeling like you can be uninhibited going to the bathroom or hopping in the shower or eating a meal or eating a snack. Those sorts of things are important. When we think about how animals birth, when you think about how your cat or your dog might give birth, they go somewhere quiet, private, where they feel safe. You want that same kind of environment. I'm not saying that you're going to go hole up in your closet to have a baby, though I'm sure there's a woman who's done that somewhere. Um, You want to have that safe feeling. That sort of thing boosts those labor hormones like oxytocin and beta endorphin up higher. And they also keep one hormone that is a good hormone to have, but you want to have it at the end of labor, which is adrenaline, the fight or flight hormone. You want that low early on. And I talk about this a lot in my podcast, or Sarah talks about this a lot in the podcast interview that I did with her. Um, So that's Sarah Buckley. And I'll put a link to that episode because we talk a lot about this. But early in labor, too much adrenaline can stop things. Then as you get further on later in your labor, when it's you're in that active phase of labor, adrenaline coming on board can actually speed things up. So if you go to the hospital at that kind of sweet spot where you're transitioning into active labor and your labor's well established, when you get there, things may actually speed up because some adrenaline comes on board. And I have many, many, many mama baby birthing students who come back 
after their baby has been born and tell me, you know, I got to the hospital and an hour or two later my baby was here. I'm, I mean, I teach this stuff and it's still like this thrilling surprise to me every time a mom talks about that because it's just physiology and the beautiful design of birth in a woman's body working so well. Uh, and especially at this time as I'm recording this, we're at a time when a pandemic has come through and there's been a lot of concerns and women don't necessarily want to be at the hospital for a long time. And so this sort of thing really works well. So that's getting labor really well established. Now, when you're in labor, let's go through some strategies that can help. So I already talked about one of them, which is eating, keeping your energy up because your uterus is a muscle, and think about it. You think about a marathon runner or any sort of athlete and they hit, they'll hit they hit a wall. Like I think the term that they use is boinking or something like that. I'm not like a pro athlete or even an amateur one, so I don't know for certain. But when they talk about hitting a wall, it's just their muscles just run out of glycogen, run out of energy, and they can't work anymore. And unfortunately, today we see a lot of women who aren't really getting any nourishment at all during labor, even if they're having a longer labor, which can be totally normal for any mom, especially a first-time mom. You're not getting a lot of nourishment, and so your uterus just runs out of energy. Um, Gloria LeMay, who is one of the midwifery instructors in my midwifery school, she says, you know, even having a soft drink... A sip or two of a soft drink is better than not giving a mom anything. And we sort of think that an IV fluid will take care of this, but it just doesn't work in the same way for a mom. So I actually feel like if your care provider is willing to forego the IV, do that. And then have something. Fresh fruit is a favorite for the births that I've attended. Fresh fruit has been something that most moms can eat. Um, fresh fruit, toast and jam... Um, eggs, which are not necessarily carbohydrate heavy, but a lot of moms like scrambled eggs along with their fruit, which gives a little bit of protein as well. Yogurt and fruit. Again, even a soda. A lot of midwives like a spoonful of honey. I personally do not like honey, but I probably would have taken a spoonful of maple syrup during uh, my baby's birth. So those are things just to think about having some quick nutrition on hand. Another big thing is to move. So not necessarily during one of your contractions or rushes or pressure wave, you use whatever word you want to use, ladies, but moving about, getting up and moving. Y'all have probably heard one of the anecdotes I've shared um, in Mama Baby Birthing in the Childbirth Mini class that I have. You can go to naturalbirthandbabycare.com's homepage to sign up for that. It's a video class that I have did, three little videos. And I share the anecdote about the women whose labors were stuck. This was back in the day at a hospital. And so they sent women for x-rays to try and figure out why their babies were stuck. And then the women would come back and have their babies right away. Well, it wasn't anything to do with the x-ray. It was having to go up and down the stairs to get to the radio department at this old hospital and this one really clever doctor figured out what was going on it was that the moms were getting up and moving so it's a really powerful thing you don't want to wear yourself out but you can definitely move and there's a lot of ways you can create movement even in a hospital room so getting up and standing in the shower leaning on your partner swaying your hips leaning forward on a counter with your hands planted on the counter is a really powerful position to be able to sway your hips and move sitting on the toilet and rocking back and forth a birth ball is another really powerful tool that lets you lean forward and rest between contractions and also create a lot of movement because it gives you a lot of flexibility with your hips and it also provides some nice gentle 
pressure, um, pelvic pressure, kind of that natural counter pressure, a soft seat. So creating a lot of movement. Getting upright is another really good thing. Again, gravity is going to help you. With my first baby, this was when I was pushing. She wasn't coming, wasn't coming, wasn't coming. I'd been pushing for like two hours. My midwife had asked me quite a while, quite a long time before to get upright and I told her no because I was scared but two hours later you know you're exhausted you just want the baby out and so it's like whatever and my my baby literally shot out at that point my, my midwife kind of like had to do this incredible football catch so movement can make a big big or excuse me being upright can make a big difference and again many of these things that I talked about leaning forward on a counter sitting on the birth ball leaning forward towards the bed sitting on the toilet is a favorite position for a lot of moms these upright positions can really help the baby move and another thing about moving and being upright is we tend to think about labor as a cervix dilating and we kind of forget what else is going on but the truth is um, that the baby is doing a lot. The baby is moving and rotating during your birthing time. And so sometimes the baby needs a little bit more room at a certain angle. And when you move or get upright, you create that room. And it doesn't have to be much. I give a really, really, really vivid demonstration of this on that childbirth mini class um, video. So I would encourage you, if you want to see that, then then definitely go check that out and and take a look at it because I think that it will it will help you understand how just a little bit of movement can can make a huge difference for you um, taking the stairs you know going up and down stairs can be really helpful again because it creates movement that really that movement of stairs another thing that can help um, is what I call kind of crooked walking. So on a sidewalk or something, one foot up on the sidewalk, one foot down on the pavement and walk that way for several yards and then turn around and do it on the other. It creates a lot of movement in the pelvis and that helps baby shift and move down. Um, getting some sleep. So if you're really exhausted and really tired, getting some rest and some sleep can help. Something else that can really help move things along or get things going if it feels like that latent phase is just taking a really long time um, is nipple stimulation, kissing. If it's really early in labor and your waters have not broken or your waters haven't opened, sex can help. So again, just uh, things that the the same stuff that got the baby in this is from spiritual midwifery too that same energy that got the baby in will get the baby out and that's literally scientific because what you're doing is you're stimulating those labor hormones to get going mental clearing can help too so are is there anything mentally going on that's holding you back um, worries and fears about motherhood, worries and fears about your relationships and those sorts of things, kind of sorting those things out and setting them aside. That's work that I feel is important to do during pregnancy. It's why my um, workbook, Fearless Birth, is included with Mama Baby Birthing. It helps you clear that stuff out. But that's the sort of thing. What sort of things will create hang-ups? And most often, it's a concern about a mo- concern about mothering or it's a concern about a relationship. So those are things that can hold things up and you may want to consider. Another key question to ask, this isn't a strategy, but this is a question to ask, is, is it really labor? Because sometimes it's not. Sometimes things can seem like they're picking up and then they putter back out again. And so the best thing to do if you're not sure if it's labor or not, and this goes back to staying home, 
don't rush off to the hospital is just to go about your normal day and see if things happen or not. My last baby, my eighth baby, Phoenix, he was six days late, which was really surprising after I'd had a whole bunch of babies like basically right on their due dates. But things kept picking up and I just wasn't sure if it was it or not. And so I just went about my day and especially about my evening because it was mostly in the evening and things would just putter out. There was even one evening where I texted my midwife and my preceptor and said, I think things may be picking up, but I'm not certain. So I'm just going to go about things. And if you hear from me, you do. And if not, I'll see you in the morning because I think I was supposed to be in the office the next morning to do prenatals. So she saw me in the morning, but it was in the office to do prenatals. So anyways, um, not because I was having a baby. So but it was, it's this thing of sometimes our body just warms up. And I think some, maybe one of the reasons that I had that so much with Phoenix is because he was so big. And so my body was just really getting ready um, to birth him and knew that it needed some tone and some work beforehand to be able to get this really big boy out. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And and that's another thing too, is resting, you know, working on resting in that gratitude Uh, It's it's a little bit harder in your birthing time, but especially if you're not sure if it's labor or not yet or it's early, it's just kind of cultivating that gratitude. And even during the thick of labor, during the highest points um, of the contractions and things, there's so much energy going through and putting some of that energy out in gratitude can help you move that energy out, move past that and get back to a place of peace and rest between contractions. I would often give Scott little kisses on his cheek like just after the height of a contraction. And that's just just moving that energy out um, and, and just showing some gratitude because it, it really does help. So those are all like mindset things and an is this it kind of thing, but it can help. So an important thing I think for you to rest with is that your baby will come. And there's a lot that you can do. I've got, I went over a lot of strategies and a lot of things that you can do beforehand Um, Even a lot of soul-searching emotional things as well as the physical things. But another thing to rest in is that your baby will come. The baby is coming. This baby will be born. Um, And just resting in that and knowing that your body is beautiful and this is a beautifully designed process and all of that jazz will really help you so much with birthing this baby and bringing this baby down, keeping labor moving, bringing this baby down out and into your arms in a smooth, safe way, which is the gift that you give your baby when you have a natural birth with these high high levels of beautiful birthing hormones. And then the gift keeps on giving because those hormones then help you and your baby just make this incredible connection and this bond. In fact, the loving bonding hormones are so high that everybody in the room will get a contact high off of them, which is pretty cool. Maybe why some of us become birth junkies, but especially for you and your baby, it's really rewarding and it's worth it. So take care of yourself, keep your energy up, rest when you can, move, be upright, trust that your baby is coming and and you will soon be meeting your little one. Okay, ladies, with that, um, if you would like more from me, you can head over to TrustBirth101.com. That's TrustBirth101.com. Sign up for my newsletter list. You will get notifications of new podcasts and new articles. I've been working on getting a lot up on the blog lately. I cover pregnancy, birth, baby, mothering adventures, and all kinds of things. So you'll get a taste of everything. And I hope that it will help you with your adventures through motherhood and with your little one or little ones. And with that, I will talk to you next week and hope that you have a blessed week.